take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Afternoon, Mr. Finley. Mr. Finley, how are you? Good, how are you, sir? Good, coming back at you guys from the pod palace that is uh, Joe's new garage. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, he's modest, folks. What do you think of um, what do you think of the death penalty, Tom? What do I think of the death penalty? Uh, death penalty, I am, uh, as a rule, against it. And then uh, there, are, there are times when there's a case and I'm like, yeah, that person's got to go, you know? Yeah, what, is there like a is this just a feeling or is there a definite line? Uh, I feel, you know what my line is. Oh, God damn it, I don't like I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I disapprove of it. Yeah, me too. Uh, but Susan Smith, you know, there's like the woman who you know can put her kids in a car and then dumped it into a lake. Well, littering shouldn't be well, yeah, punishable by death, Tom. Yeah, but it fucked up the fishing in that area for for weeks, months, it's, maybe. It's an ecological concern then. Yeah, ecological man, ecological terrorism really. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I kind of feel. I mean, it's it seems to me like um, it's just seems wrong. I'm just I'm kind of a liberal cunt, but but it's I just sort of feel like yeah. What are we doing? What I'm with do you. That? I'm with you. It doesn't really do. I like. Oh, I'm such a liberal cunt. Like I don't like like the idea of state murder. That's uh, right. It's crazy. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of it. Like even. Okay, this uh, oh boy. I mean, we might lose some fans on this one. Sorry, both of them. Yep. Um, but uh, even when they said like, uh, was it um, Osama bin Laden got killed? Uh huh. I was like, yeah, that didn't make anybody safer. <laughs> like, no, that was a lot of money to bring down one guy who became irrelevant about halfway through the game. There. Yeah. Well, then you go back to the other the the, the feeling part of it, right? So like, there was a and I, I forget his name, the the gymnastics Olympic gymnastics teacher coach oh, who was yeah. mm-hmm. just put away for basically the rest of us life and he had he had um a sexually assaulted like 140 yeah. girls over decades mm-hmm. and the judge some some people are getting on this judge's case for acting unprofessionally which i suppose she did but but her she she gave him 140 years or something and she said it's my pleasure to essentially sign your death warrant sir and i kind of feel like yeah i i mean uh, yeah i get where she shouldn't be doing that from yeah. the bench but i also sort of get like yeah well, yeah, it is your pleasure. There's <laughs> of course a, yeah, it is. There's a visceral want to take somebody's yeah. life who's taken a life, right? Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. Is there. There's no way around that. But yeah, yeah. Again, a liberal snatch. I'm not into it. Yeah, that's, I, I think it's wrong. There's the official us. Yeah. And then the unofficial us. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that duality is fine. We can live. I can live with it. I mean, look. I this is a clumsy way. I have nothing but clumsy ways of opening these episodes. And this is a clumsy noted, way into our Susan. Noted. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I can kill you right now, motherfucker. Well, we can always talk about like our our, our our tortured path to finally getting this thing fucking produced and in the can well you know what though i i I honestly that it's one of the things i like about doing a podcast with you is that we focus on films and we bust each other's balls but i like i've always liked talking to you tom Mm -hmm. i've always liked talking to you not listening talking at you i guess i would say (laughs) i was like talking with you in proximity sir you're there and i'm speaking Mm -hmm. is the thing so i mean i'm Interested to know how you feel about these things. Well, uh, I'll tell you, well, that's how I feel about it. But now, Mexican gardeners, let me tell you how I feel about those. That's a total non sequitur to anyone but you. That's the kind of humor Tom likes, by the way. Yeah, eh, it's just kind of that he I gets don't mind it. because I'm willing to explain the situation here. No, yeah. we were, uh, we were, we hadn't planned on doing this today, but we did it because we got, we had to, uh, oh boy. We had to delay things for a little while because oh, Joe's Mexican gardener was here. Yep. 
you liberal cunt, you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had to uh, did, had to delay it, so we watched. So we so we finished watching this movie. So. Yeah, that's that's what. Like, this is an episode we've had trouble producing before. Yeah. We had to abandon it one time. Yeah. Do we now? What happened? Did we like? It just didn't record or some goddamn some thing? fucking thing yeah, happened. But anyway, this is anyways, a Susan, here we are. Susan, Susan Hayward Hayward episode. We're starting. I'm gonna start backwards here and go to 1958's "I Want to Live!" Yes. Exclamation point. Right. Absolutely. And if you watch this movie, you will not be saying that. You're kidding me. Well, you starting with that? No, let's go. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> Let, let's work everything backwards. Yeah. You didn't like this movie? Uh, the, the it's 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 an okay movie, uh-huh. except that it, at the near the end it just drags its ass. It does it's drag so it fucking bit. draggy at the end. It's the it's the, you know based on loosely, I suppose, the real story of Barbara Graham. Graham Barbara Graham, right? Graham, right. who was executed. also known as Babs Graham. Babs Graham, who's mm-hmm. sort of a party bad girl. Um, I don't know how old Barbara Graham was, but they try to stuff Susan Hayward into the way they did with William Holden and Picnic. Yeah, yeah. I'm just out of college yeah, <laughs> and yeah, baldy. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, she, yeah. They're like, she's, I'm only. She's, she's an innocent. Well, she's not innocent ever in this movie. No. She's, a, she's a she's a spry twenty year old. And that, yeah, and that leads to a life, and then she wasn't twenty. That's that like point. those barely legal, um, you know, porno magazines. Barely legal, and it's like a fifty eight year old in p- yeah. pigtails and well, a lollipop. That nineteen-year-old has jowls. How attractive! <laughs> That's Walter Matthau. <laughs> so, so uh, Barb, this is the sort of story of Barbara Graham, Bams mm-hmm. Graham, who was a sort of party girl from San Diego, and she she'd um, done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. She Ooh. she went to the. Uh, Reformatory school and and uh, Ventura for wayward girls. Mm-hmm. She, um, went, she went, I guess, between San Diego and Frisco. They yeah. love, to, they love to call it Frisco in this uh, fucking movie. She uh, slept with uh, men she was not married to. Mm. That's sort of made a point of in the she film. She married a junkie. At she the marries end. That a turned junkie. Turned out to not to be a great idea. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 um she's a uh, trouble. And by the way, she is a very annoying. Per- if 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 Susan Hayward played her correctly in this film. She's a very annoying person. Oh yeah, she yeah. is really someone you oh. want to get rid of. Dude, she'd be you like if she were alive today, and mm-hmm. you were you would you would be stuck behind her at the dollar store for a good half an hour while she or while she fights the clerk or something like that. Uh, She's one of those people, you know. Yeah. But in a different way, not a Kellyanne Conway type of annoying. No. Not that type of annoying. Just, I mean, she's a human being in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but she just first of all, she has a fucking line. Like a one-liner for everything. God damn it! Yeah. Oh my god. Well, and, and also, every time like an important decision comes up in yeah. her life, she has a gesture where she's rolling dice. <laughs> she's <laughs> a ridiculous person. So, but but you the, were so from the fifties. But so many things about this film could be really good, and I think mm-hmm. I, I liked it more than you did. But it's you know has a uh, Jerry Mulligan sort of um, the jazz is great jazz man. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Really interesting sort of cinematography, at least in the first half before yeah. it drags on in a, in a, a cell at San and Quentin. It t- turns into a how-to. Create your own cyanide <laughs> <laughs> tutorial. It's got this great jazz, like tilted cameras. In fact, yeah. the first like forty minutes is reminiscent, not in terms of quality, but in terms of like cinematic. Uh, the approach of the cinematographer of Sweet Smell of Success. I go like kind of a Sweet Smell of Success by way of uh, In Cold Blood. There's some qualities yeah. in that also that appear in here, like the, the jarring jazz, like the, the the very interesting use of the camera. Yeah, good black and white, definite like you know, noir quality black and white for sure. You know, filmography. Yeah. Well, okay. So so yeah. what it's gonna cinematography. Sorry, that's okay. Yeah. I I wasn't listening either. Fuck. 
So, so I mean, it sort of it follows um, Barbara Graham through um, some of her early sort of misdeeds and and what what a bad decision making machine she yeah, was, she man. Just that, fucking yeah. she like, terrible. She's like a senator or something. And always and always sort of attached to to two or three guys who completely. You know, it's 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 realistic in the sense two or three guys who totally recognize. What a bad decision-making machine she is, and and take full take advantage <laughs> yeah. of that fact. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And she definitely has a sort of like never knew my father sort of you know attachment hate, to older hate my, criminals. Hate my super rich mother. <laughs> I'm <laughs> pissing her off, huh? Yeah. So so basically, so essentially, somewhere along the line, um, she was you know if this is accurate at all. Um, a murder is pinned on her. Yeah. That the other two men who were with her actually had committed the at murder. some other time. Right. Well, she was supposedly not with him at the time. Yeah, she was actually innocent of this particular crime, but she right. has this history of, of things, including perjury. Right. So, you know, um, she's she's indicted and, and convicted of, of murder and sent to the um, gas chamber, gas chamber in, in San, San Quentin. Quentin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Famous prison. Not to be confused with San Quentin Tarantino, a prison that's all out of order. Waka waka. <laughs> what are you been, niggas come on niggas niggas been saving that for three minutes uh, yes, yeah. so uh, <laughs> <God damn> <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was not good so so um so then that's it, it and, and then it has a sort of like subplot or, or ancillary plot well i mean no lawyer should believe her by the way she's she's a born fucking liar right. mm-hmm. um but but she has initially um, a foe in, in, in the form of Simon Oakland, who you might recognize from the Sand Pebbles and the Commissioner and, and Bullet. Right. Um, and this is an earlier film where he plays uh, Montgomery, the um, uh, investigative journalist who has is gunning for her. Yeah, he really he helps just, her get convicted. He, he, he essentially he helps to create the climate of, of, of just rage and fear around yeah. the case and all like that. And yeah. In that sense that we're in like, you know, the... the, the uh, the fake news can, in fact, influence <laughs> something along these lines. Uh, he definitely does. He's, he's, he buys the party line that she's guilty. Yeah. Uh, he sells the party line, and then and then just and it's just like some horrible propaganda thing. Like my one of my I think maybe my favorite moment of the entire movie, uh-huh. and I can't get away from this, yeah. is uh, when they show like a, there's a newspaper uh, front page, and there's a picture of her hands in her lap, yeah. and it's right below it. It goes murderer's hands, murderer's hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't help the case either. And apparently, the mm. real bar. Program was like that too. She would sort of fits of rage and and mugging for the camera, yeah, and all this stuff. But at some point, Montgomery, the Simon Oakland character, um, is convinced that she may be actually innocent, and, and then sort of switches sides and becomes her advocate, or right. journalism becomes her advocate, or something. Right, right. And he's led that way. He's led there by a psychologist who goes in and does a number on, yeah, you know, checks her out and comes out with a, with a, with a definite conclusion about her potential guilt or innocence. Convinces Montgomery, and he decides to switch over. And by the way, at this point. She's already on death row. Yeah. So it's like at that point they're trying to, uh, you know, trying to turn it into life or something. Well, like I mean, that. you you hit it on hit on it a couple of minutes ago too. Like it's it's a film certainly about like the criminal justice system and death penalty as an issue, but it's mm-hmm. also a film about like capital T capital M the media right and branding the branding of uh, the branding of of, uh, of an incident like this it's right? sort of interesting and also like it's like it's an interesting film to sort of watch now because of all the sort of like quote unquote fake news and all this sort of stuff that you were mentioning because mm-hmm. and I was having a conversation about this with someone recently um, most news and most journalism is very very fucking good mm-hmm. and very fucking necessary 
And there's a small percentage of it which is terrible, which oh, is yeah. just awful. Right, absolutely. And I think it's no bigger or smaller a percentage than it's always been mm-hmm. of just shitty news. Is that right? Well, I think it's probably bigger and larger in a sense that there's more of it, for sure. I mean, not just not just because we have more avenues of receiving it, yeah. but those avenues are twenty are on a 24-hour cycle. But we, also didn't, but we also didn't have a way of critiquing it before. Mm. So it's just sort of like what they gave you was what they gave you, and it, t- it takes like history, like decades of distance to go back and go wait a minute that's crazy that that was sort of fair passed point. off as news okay fair point anyway the point being it, it is fox um, is cool i get it Joe. yes that's right. it's yeah. fair and balanced as i understand yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like bob or graham yeah well and so so the film is i mean look it I, so much of it is kind of like in order to have us understand what a misunderstood person she is and how it's right to understand her as an asshole. All mm-hmm. of those sort of you know, qualities of this dynamic character. The film does crazy things. Like she insists on wearing her high heels to the gas chamber. Right. And right. And, and the prison's like, well, fine. What are we Let gonna, her do what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Kill her? Come yeah, on. Yeah. As we take her to the gas chamber. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and, and also, you know, it's weird because it's kind of it, it is a it, it is in a sense it's a propagandist piece playing both sides of the uh, both sides against the middle to a certain extent to a degree and it's also and not subtle not subtle at all not subtle at all remember. what is it it's like goes from, goes from like a clock face to like a, as she's, she looks up at the clock and then yeah. the next thing is a is the round uh, like wooden thing where the gavel comes down yes. on the judge's bed and there's this really wonderful subtle um, foreshadowing when she makes her last decision to do a job and a guy's building a house of cards and the house of cards falls. Right. Well, it does. It also has one of the guys who rats her out yeah. pushes the house of cards over. Too. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty not pretty not subtle and no. it's uh yeah it's uh, yeah so yeah and but it's a, no now that being the case and susan uh-huh. hayward i think does a does a really great job in this movie yeah there are times when she just chews the fuck out of the scenery on this thing a lot but that's the kind of character that she's playing she's well, playing this emotionally in this emotionally not stable person but i've only ever known susan hayward as exactly that she's sort of she's a little like barbara graham <laughs> and she's in some <laughs> To some degree, she's likable, and then other times it's like, "Holy shit, shut up!" Uh, yeah, yeah, Everything's absolutely. just crazy, you know. Right now, that's true from us, Finleys. Now, the, the the original Finley had nothing but the hots for this broad. I don't recall that Uncle Rich. Oh my! Dad. Oh, your dad. Oh yeah, you're kidding me. Oh my god, would would put her on like a hat. That was a. He yeah. would say shit like that to me when I was five. By the he way, would that's, say that. that's where I come from. No, yeah, funny. I had um, no idea. I always pictured like a like a like a Bugs Bunny thing. No, taking his ears in. To a bathing cap. Okay, great. Then, then, then I then I realized the vaginas <laughs> didn't do that. So. Let's take that joke to the uh, gas chamber. Oh no, no need. It's dead already. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. So so anyway, I like the film. I mean, it's it's over the top. I, I wouldn't give it I, I, more than a seven out of ten or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, I I think it's um, it's appropriately over the top. I'm interested in the fact that it's also a film from the late fifties that is sort of pecking smallly away at the issue of men and women because she is treated differently you know like well she's innocent what was she doing with those cads who were murderers well you get to hang out with murderers and not be you know executed for it right for being a whore essentially yeah essentially yeah i just like this is also one of those great movies that does this thing where they equate uh you know the sort of the criminality of that of of the given time with like the new hip music of the time oh yeah definitely one of (laughs) it starts off in a jazz job in uh, jazz club in frisco with jerry mulligan himself on stage Uh uh-huh rocking oh my god doing such a great yeah anyways good music uh yeah 
Um, but and then and there's dudes next to the next to the bathroom doing reefer. Yeah, a black and a white <laughs> oh. passing the reefer back and forth. Oh, no, no oh the willies. Yeah, so I liked it. Um, it's not great. It, I'm willing to not see this film for um, quite a while. Um, but it's great, and I have the soundtrack, and it's magnificent. It's a magnificent soundtrack. I'm not a, you know, um, I give this like a five or a six as a movie goes. Mm-hmm. I think it's about a half an hour too long at the end. Yes. Um, Although it is tense, wouldn't you say? There is some tension. There Even is... though you know the ending, it's still tense. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, so let's go back in time. That's the go back in time sound. Oh, I got gotcha, you, buddy. No we we spare fucking no expense to, to, to add to the production values of this show. To 1955's um, Soldier of Fortune. Oh, yeah. Now, Soldier of Fortune is, I mean, really, at the time, certainly must have been a Clark Gable film oh, with top billing. Absolutely. But I think she's every bit the the player that he is like mm-hmm. she she shares the the movie equally with him she pulls she pulls her freight rather well and in fact i would say this clark gable having sort of like started coasting into his tired self <laughs> she's better than he is in this film really well i mean in that he's just drawing on clark gableness in this film yeah, yeah. and he's she's like, actually doing something as as over the top right. as she could be as an actress she's actually doing something he's, a, he's at the de niro, he's at the de niro al pacino yeah. phase of, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah so thing, a thing i'm known for that's what i do now i mean i like those old by the way i like those late 50s clark gable films like oh, yeah. teacher's pet and uh and uh run silent run deep absurdity and... of him being active as an elderly person <laughs> that he totally sleeping with is. marilyn monroe Ugh. Yeah, but but anyway, so this is I I would say a little bit even more her film, and it's it's really about um, a woman, a wife, if you will, um, oh, okay. the wife of Louis Hoyt, a journalist in China, mm-hmm. um, and th- this is Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Okay, and so um, Louis Hoyt, her husband, g- uh, goes missing on assignment, and right. he's a real sort of like border crosser, if you will, an in investigative terms of journalist. journalist. Are we sensing a pattern? Here? So, <laughs> the, so Susan Hayward goes. Um, to find him yep. and um, she's told she's sort of given immediately the, the sense that there's just no use and it's a corrupt place mm-hmm. but there is one um, British well I mean the British were so good in no, China we'd have those good men absolutely good good men good men and stout who understands um, who has a, a bit of a lead right. and so um, he sort of keeps her hopes alive initially um, that he might have a lead on her missing husband and it would be of benefit that the British Empire could sort of solve this case mm-hmm. of the missing journalist, American journalist husband, rather than go ahead. No, I just want to back it up really quickly here. Back that because doo, uh, because doo, he's a journalist doo, in doo. Hong Kong, but his investigative journalism brings him over to mainland slash communist China. Manchuria, China. What's that? Manchuria area. Uh, I don't know about Manchuria. That. No, I don't think so. No. I just said Manchuria. I no, just it's way down. It's like in the Canton region. Well, I know what I. Totally know, but I know the word Manchuria, so I just thought I'd, I'd yeah. pump that out. There. Sure I forgot who I was dealing with. Sure the most arrogant fuck ever. You, you no, sure that's that the thirty seventh parallel. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, the guy who knows where things are. Yeah, sorry. So uh, I feel ashamed. Except your any base. event, uh, and, and it's, <laughs> that's theoretical, and, and it's completely that's <laughs> that's beside the point. A journalist uh, is missing in Tom's penis is what we're saying. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Tom's penis is also known as communist China. So anyway, so he crossed mm-hmm. over into, into mm-hmm. so he's crossed over into China, and this lead is what are you saying from the British guy? The British guy's got a lead as to where her husband is. Yes, being being held in mainland China. Oh, okay, yeah. So okay, good. So so in the meantime, though, since that's a, was I supposed to say something there? No, well, no, obviously because you didn't. But go. Okay, so so in the meantime, <laughs> I was leading us back to your point you were on before Manchuria. Yes. 
So um, there's, it's, but it's going to be a slow process. So um, Susan Hayward is led to understand that there's someone who really can help her, and that's a sort of like um, a king of the local underworld, eh? an rat. importer exporter, if mm-hmm. you will, with yeah. quotations around that. Mm-hmm. Someone who can really easily slip into a, a dark situation and then out again. Yes, and that's um, Hank Lee, as played by Clark Gable. Clark Gable, yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> now Clark Gable. Uh, is uh, an interesting fellow because right. he's a single father of locally uh, adopted Chinese street urchins. Right, correct. Yes, who and bring? Who bring, go ahead? There are there are there are so many moments of, of casual racism. In Whoa, this it's movie. cringy! <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, it's it's you very you could do it, American Joe, American. Just ridiculous. Ugh. Take a bottle and fill it up with cold night air and let it out in the day when you want to sleep that's a, that's what like that's a daughter. line from the yeah, movie the daughter the and movie. the son who thinks that every times. american has shot a bad guy oh. with this cult 45 and mm-hmm. it's, wearing it's a little plastic cowboy thingy it's pure insanity and of course it's the same sort of thing it's an extension of the whole the british empire and the way the british looked at themselves because hank lee this sort of exiled american mm-hmm. who misses his homeland so much that he has an actual lp recording of the sounds of chicago <laughs> his hometown that he listens to over breakfast um but yeah. but the locals, um, whether they're the underworld or like the the uh, medicine lady at the local sort of uh, whatever, um, uh, trust worship. The, uh, worship, I think worship, worship is the word. Everything he does. Oh, oh he takes oh, care of Mama Son. Yes. Oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, it's really embarrassing. And the, the super competent, kind Yankee of comforting and, to white people. To watch. Well, yeah, of course, naturally <laughs> enough. And why oughtn't it to be? Because it was made for them. Now get this, folks, because this is a real twist to the the film. You won't um, expect. When she goes to um, solicit Clark Gable, i.e. Hank Lee's help in finding her husband, there's electricity between she and Clark Gable, hence some sort of conflict, a triangle, if you will. No, I got it. Okay. So... (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't explaining it for you, dummy. Oh, the hair on your head stood up. <laughs> so Clark Gable agrees tacitly mm-hmm. to go help find the husband. Right. And um, but at the same time, only really to bring him around. So there's like, quote unquote, not a ghost that he has to fight. Right. He wants to find the husband only to knock him down and bang Susan Hayward. He wants to get up in them guts clean for yep. sure. So and then and then I would just say this: There's just a cast of ridiculous characters. Uh, Tom Tully, another American character. who owns a crazy bar, this ridiculous drunk Frenchman who wears a white linen suit, whose purpose I don't really understand completely. Well, comic relief strength. Uh, yeah, comic relief and to be like the French guy, like the other corner of, of colonialism, I suppose. And then another the other aspect of 1955 American filmmaking, which is really to to occasionally show how awful communist China is. Oh yeah, of course. To its people and to outsiders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though they're just mostly mostly they manage to look drab as fuck, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. It's a gr- I, I like now. Now the thing is, I don't know that this film is any better than I want to live uh, as a film, but I can tell you that I love this film. It's Soldier of Fortune. I love this film. Yeah. It's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. But I think there's a reason it's not well known. That's a guilty pleasure at best for us, I think. I guess so. I mean, it falls into that category. Like the 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 the, the casual racism is cringy as fuck throughout this yeah. thing. 
uh, like right in the middle. Every time they go into the bar, it basically turns into Donovan's Reef, you know, which is a terrible bar fight. <laughs> which is a terrible, An unbelievable bar, bar yeah. fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a flaw. It's just it's a dreadfully flawed movie. But I love it. But I enjoy the shit out of it. And yeah. Tom loves it too. And yeah. I don't know anything else about Susan Hayward but these two movies. Got to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I can think of maybe a couple of others, but not right off the top. Well, so. that's it. So yeah. I I hardly recommend the second and mm-hmm. tacitly recommend the first. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely. Uh, uh, I'll recommend both. I think oh, both are worth watching. I'm just, uh, like I said, I have my, my reservations about uh, I Want to Live. Yes. It's long. It is a little long. It's a little boring at the end. Yeah, but we, okay. Yeah. Any business, Tommy? Well, come check me out at uh, TomSmithComedy.com mm-hmm. uh, for dates and such. Uh, check us uh, out here at Finley's on Film. We really need some, well, we would really like some help with Patreon. If you could find it uh, in your uh, in your, in your your little hearts to do so, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty good. Rate and review us on iTunes. Did you say that? No, you did. Rate and review us on iTunes. He's twice. Okay. Okay, we're good. <laughs> See you, folks. Jackass. Love you. Bye.